0: guys welcome back to another episode of perspectives if you're new here welcome as always my heart is to open conversations about things that aren't talked about i'm not here to change your mind or to tell you what to believe or how to think but to look at other people's perspectives and encourage you to seek the lord to ask him to search your heart and yeah to just gain your opinion, and know why you believe what you believe, but also to open conversations. Today I have my friend Jacqueline. If you follow me on any social media, you've probably seen her. But my friend, Jacqueline, she's like a big sister to me. Yeah. She's going to be sharing part of her story and we're just going to be talking about divorce and touching on some other things that aren't really talked about, mainly just sharing about like divorce and yeah, how that affects and just all those different things. Do you want to introduce yourself did, or share I was share not anything?
1: nervous at all
0: until you said <laughs> divorce. And then I was like, oh, oh. do you want to share like where you're at in your life right now or anything? Okay. I'm Jacqueline. I'm 28.
1: I'm a full time missionary, which is still really crazy to say sometimes. Um, I have a heart for Brazil. I feel called there long term uh, to do ministry centered around like family, uh, kingdom family, and what that looks like, working with street kiddos and yeah, just counseling and things.
0: So, do you want to share about your childhood first?
1: Yeah, I grew up in a
0: Christian. Household, quote unquote, um, yeah,
1: quote unquote, <laughs> um, and I believe that my sister's dad was my dad until I was about the age of five, and I met um, no, I my mom told me that he wasn't my dad and that my biological father wanted to meet me, and I don't really remember the exact age. I want to say it was like eight eight years old. Um. And so I met my biological father and started seeing him every other weekend. Um, I stayed like a couple weeks in the summer, the typical, I don't know, separation Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so I started seeing him consistently for about two, three, maybe four years. Um, Again, not really good at the whole timeline thing. And he just kind of disappeared. I literally, it was like I saw him for two weeks at Christmas time, and he was gone. Um, and so shortly after that, uh, my mom got married to um, a man that she would have my brother and sister with, and um, he tried to play the fatherly figure in my life and adopted me at the age of 17, which was kind of like too late in life. I had grown up, had all this like men trauma kind Mm. of stuff and it was just kind of too late in life did you want him to adopt you um I think sort of but I also kind of felt pressure Mm. to like ask him to adopt me um I don't know if it was from him specifically or just the situation or if I was just even longing for like a daddy type thing um but I also was very scared that I would get, like, eject- rejected and abandoned again. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, all three fatherly figures were alcoholics, um, some closet, some functional, some whatever. Um, and so I remember several, like, abusive situations from really early on mm-hmm. with my sister's dad. Um, and then... I don't really remember a whole lot about like my biological father until recently. I've kind of discovered some things that I've remembered, um, good memories, some like weird memories, just different things.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so then I dated a guy that I'd known since I was two years old. Um, and just some pretty rough stuff there. Yeah. Um, both in his past and, just like confirming a lot of things that I had been told growing up. I was told that I was like fat and ugly and that like I would never amount to anything and I was worthless and just all the things. Um, And so I just kind of, I don't know. Did it just like make sense? Yeah. Like Like, he
0: can, he just like affirmed like all those things. Yeah. So it was like two broken people just coming together. And I had known him since I was
1: two. um, So pretty much my whole life. Mm -hmm. And then we broke up and I started dating my high school best friend. I want to say it was like two weeks later. It was not a whole lot of time in between um, that first boyfriend. Were you
0: heartbroken whenever y'all broke up?
1: Um, Well, we had like broken up and then we had gotten back together a month or so later, maybe two months later. And then I was like, this is not, this is not what I want. Like, I just it just felt weird and I was heartbroken the first Mm -hmm. time we broke up and then the second time I was like yeah I this is just doesn't feel right yeah Yeah. um it doesn't feel right there was a lot of like drama and stuff that was happening in between and so I was just kind of like deuces Mm -hmm. and actually he we were kind of like fighting and I was in Kentucky visiting um a really close friend of mine and he changed his relationship status to like single or he took everything off and I was like I guess he just broke up with me like whatever that's how I found out and then he didn't talk to me so I'm just like what okay whatever just a lot of stuff and in that time like after that had happened I'd come home and I reached out to my high school best friend because we had kind of broken relationship at that point and I was like, hey, I just wanted to apologize because he dated an acquaintance kind of of mine. Like we were friends, but we weren't super close. And so I reached out and I was like, I just want to say I'm sorry for the way that I like treated you, blah, blah, blah. And so we just started talking and hanging out again. And then we started dating. It was kind of all like smack really fast. Yeah. Um, Which I feel like is a red flag. in that situation anyway. And so then we started dating in October and we were engaged by December, so two months. I had known him because we were friends through high school, but that's just really quick. When you're 18 years old, just turned 19, like that's really, really fast. And so we planned our wedding for, like we would have been together for a year Mm -hmm. um, and three months before he cheated on me. Um, and that was super, I don't know, I was so heartbroken mm-hmm. and just crushed, like so crushed and kind of going spiraling, like, what is happening? I thought I was gonna spend my whole life with this man. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: After he cheated on you, did you break up with him? Like...
1: Yeah, so kind of a little bit before I found out he was cheating on me, he had told me that he wasn't sure that he wanted to be engaged anymore. And I was like, What? We're planning a wedding. Like, what are you talking about? You can't back it up. We're three months from getting mm-hmm. married. Yeah. I planned a wedding for like almost a year. Then just some really fishy stuff. Like, he had a best friend that was working with him and just some really like. How did you stuff. like find out that he was cheating? Well, um, we had broken up for like a day broke off everything for a day and then we got back together and he was like I'm not sure I want to be engaged and I was like okay we can just like kind of sort like figure it out as we go and I was house sitting for my grandparents and I went because I forgot something I worked at Sonic I forgot my apron I went inside our apartment and find him and this girl in a bed together and yeah I was so shook. I don't, I like remember shaking and like running out of my apartment and just crying hysterically. I called my sister on the phone and I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what to do. And then his mom calls me and was like, you need, I told him he needs to make a decision. So whatever. my God. So we broke everything off. Um, we got rid of our apartment and I moved in with the man that adopted me for a little while. He worked out of town a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I like moved in with him and then a couple months later here comes my person question mark and he was like apologizing and said all the right things and I was like well you're gonna work to get me back um because I'm not just gonna whatever but I remember when I saw them in the bed I remember I can tell you exactly where I was standing obviously was wearing because I was working at Sonic yeah and um I remember just this like flip of a switch and I was like I will never feel this way about someone ever again in my whole life and I just like I can I can imagine the way I felt and everything in that moment and so then um I had told him he had to earn his way back in my life whatever and he he did for the most part um I don't even really remember what that was like mm-hmm. and then we basically decided it was may we were about to go on family vacation we decided on a monday to get married that friday there was like 10 15 people there um and yeah we got married dang my family was not happy my family was like you don't need to do this like this is not the right decision um and i was just searching for Uh, people to just affirm me yeah so anybody that was like no I was like "Uh uh-uh everybody else I was like okay yeah tell me tell me I'm right tell me I'm doing the right thing yeah Uh, I feel like if your family is for the most part if your family is against it it's probably a really big red flag Mm. you should probably listen to that yeah so yeah um we got married our marriage was really, really hard. Um, we, I, we tried to get pregnant pretty immediately. I, I think at first it wasn't intentional on my part. I think I accidentally kind of got pregnant. Then I miscarried. Like I found out I was pregnant, and the next morning I miscarried. Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't even know, he had no idea that I miscarried. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't even know how I kept that from him I just it was awful it was a lot mm-hmm. and then about six months later um, we were trying he didn't want kids but I was we were trying
0: yeah Did and what like, was he vocal about not wanting kids he was just
1: saying all the time that he was really scared he was really scared to have kids um, he wasn't sure that he wanted to be a dad or that he could be a dad mm-hmm. he had a lot of trauma in his past too with like Um, his mom and his dad and um, just the way that their relationship kind of Mm -hmm. unfolded or what he was even told. He never really had understanding of what even happened. Um, They kind of got pregnant with him and then they got married because they were pregnant kind of thing. And so six months later, I got pregnant again. Same thing. I found out I was pregnant. The next day I miscarried And I still kept it a secret. Again, Mm. not sure how. I was really early on, but that just sent me into this even deeper, darker cycle of depression. Mm. I was what they would consider functionally depressed. So I would get up, go to work, go get fast food, come home, go to bed. Mm. Um, And we weren't having sex. We were like, I was kind of just really closed off to a lot of stuff. Mm. We would have sex, but it would be like once a month.
0: At that point, how long were you all married? It was still like a couple months in?
1: Yeah, that was, we were, a, our first miscarriage was like six months into our marriage, and then the second one was a year.
0: Gotcha.
1: But he didn't know that either miscarriage happened until about six months after, um, when one of my siblings got pregnant, and I saw the announcement, and I was like sitting in our living room with him on one of our really random days off together, and I saw the announcement, and I just like, Went to our room and I like just sobbed mm-hmm. and sobbed and sobbed. And he was think He didn't know what was going on. Like, yeah. what what's wrong? And so then I had to tell him where I was at. He knew I was depressed. He knew like something was going on, but yeah. he didn't understand. Yeah. Like infertility and not being able to get pregnant. Our culture and society says you're a woman and you should be able to carry a baby and that's your job and all of these things plus my whole life i wanted to be a wife and a mom yeah and so that was like i can't even be that like I can't putting your identity
0: that. in that and then not yeah. even being yeah yeah um
1: literally every piece of my worth and identity was being a wife and a mom and i wasn't even that great of a wife at that point because yeah. i was super depressed yeah. and then i couldn't get pregnant and i could get pregnant but then I couldn't carry the baby. And so then I'm like, something's wrong with me. Like I'm not worthy enough, whatever. Yeah. So then I, about two, two and a half years into our marriage, we went to a Christian counseling, like not counseling, a Christian retreat. Yeah. And he got saved and I forgave him for cheating on me. And, my fatherly figures and all the things as best as I could. Mm -hmm. Um, That's also kind of where I gave my life to the Lord in a relationship way. Mm. I I was very religious minded before. And then our marriage was like incredible. It was the best it had ever been. Mm. And I was like, it can't get better than this. Like we're reading the devotions together. We're praying together. Um, He would stay up and when I would wake up we would spend time with the Lord together and just all the things so good and then about six months later something about six months um everything just kind of went downhill mm-hmm. I was just spiraling out of control um again like in my thoughts not really just outwardly, like but just, like
0: yeah overwhelming you mentally
1: yeah just something's wrong. What am I doing wrong? Well, maybe he's wanting, like he's changing and he's angry with me because I can't get pregnant. Like all these things. Were you still try- trying to get pregnant then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, tr- in my mind, we were trying to get pregnant up until I found out that he was cheating on me. Again. Yeah. So then in February of 2018, he told me he wanted a divorce and I said, well, just take a week and pray about it. Because that's what you say, right? Yeah. But I already kind of knew where he was at. Yeah. And then I found out, he still told me he wanted to divorce the week later. And then I found out that Monday that he was cheating. And it was literally verbatim what had happened with the, with the previous girl. So I knew it, but I didn't have the, the mm-hmm. evidence. Mm-hmm. And then I got the evidence. And I was like, okay, this is, this is where we're at. And at that point, I feel like I, because I knew it, but I didn't have the evidence. I was kind of already out of it hmm. um, a little bit. Yeah. But he, he didn't know that I knew he was cheating until about three months in to the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Um, he was playing the back and forth game. Like, I think I want you, oh no, the grass is greener on the other side. I think I want you, no, the grass is greener on the other side kind of thing. Um, and so all the states are different with divorce, but we finally filed for divorce and in the state of Tennessee, it's 30 days that you have to wait for your paperwork to literally sit in a courthouse mm-hmm. before the judge will sign it. And I think it's 60 days with kids. So, um, we filed the paperwork and then there was like a glitch. And so it got a little bit extended. So our divorce was finalized in July of 2018. Wow. And just like, I got into Christian counseling, but I was really just cycling through. I feel like I have to stay with him because Even when he asked
0: for a divorce, like, what what was going through your mind, like, growing up in church and stuff? Like, was it something that was okay? Did you feel like, like, where where were you at mentally in that whenever he asked for a divorce?
1: I think I okayed it to some degree in my mind because he cheated on me. Mm -hmm. That's my escape. Like, it's okay for me to get out. But in the reality of things... And even just, like, my insecurity and the father and the daddy mm-hmm. and the I was the daddy issues girl and all of the, th- all of the things. I was like, no one's ever going to want me again. Mm-hmm. Like, I've given my first to this man. My first time of sex. My first, like, house. We bought a house together. Um, I got pregnant for the first time with him. And, yeah, I don't have my kids here, but, like, I was pregnant yeah. by him first. And just all of these things, like... No one's literally ever going to want me. I'm disgusting. There was just so much shame around. So when he was like, hey, I think I, I want to be with you and I don't really want this girl. I was thinking, were like- oh, I have to. Like, I don't have a choice mm-hmm. because no one else is going to want me. So I don't have a choice. I have to stay with you. And but through like my counseling that I was in, she was like, you have two choices. <laughs> you can go through a really long and hard road. But you're choosing that long and hard and you're Mm. gonna have to be committed to it or you have the freedom to walk away Mm. and i was just like oh okay i have a choice here i'm not i don't have to stay in this
0: so looking back now whenever you were dating him like what would you tell yourself then like when you were dating before Mm. i'd say before he cheated what would you tell yourself again that girl i've
1: I wish that I would have known like my worth and my identity in God and who he says that I am Um, because I had so many issues, like quote unquote, I don't know, issues with men, Mm. Um, just fatherly figures. I was literally longing for a man to love me, Mm. not realizing that God loves me and chooses me because of that, like even religious mindset. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have known my like worth and my identity in God. Yeah. If I could go back. I think if I could even go back to right before I got married and realized that the people that said not to get married were not acting because they didn't love me, Mm. they were acting out of love for me and care for me because they, not that they knew that we would get divorced, but
0: they just kind of knew that it would be all the red flags and they were just like, "Mm, this doesn't look like it's going to add up to something good.
1: And I was just so like, just engulfed Mm. in all of the like, oh, he loves me, or he, I don't know, he says the right things, Mm. or it seems like it's going to be good. It'll be fine. We'll get married and everything will be fine. Yeah. Once you're married, it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) All your problems go away when you get married. But that's not the truth. If anything, it just magnifies Mm. all of your insecurities. And you're like, not I'm not saying don't ever get married. I think it's a good thing if you're in a healthy place. But I think it just magnifies everything
0: for you mm-hmm. I feel like we need to go through like each step so, and like ask questions more in depth of each thing so like the dating part i feel like the red flag thing is like such a big thing so like red flag he cheats on you while you're dating it's a red flag like maybe but i think that not even
1: like yes he cheated on me when we were engaged But I don't... I think there were
0: red flags before that. So, like, what would be some of the red flags before that, that you can think of?
1: Um, well, his unhealthy relationship with his mom. Mm. He had a super unhealthy relationship. Would go and tell her all of our problems. And there's just boundaries Mm. that should be put (laughs) there. Yeah. Like, your family should not be your counselor in your relationship because... They take your side. I don't care who you are. Yeah, your family will always take your side, even if your family doesn't even care for you that much. Your family will always take your side, and yeah. so more than they would choose the other person.
0: Yeah.
1: And so um, I think just even if it seems like oh they'll they'll take my side more yeah. than they'll take their kids, no, I promise you, they will always take care take their yeah. kids side first. Um, I think that was a big red flag. There was so much drama. Um, she would act like we were best friends to my face, but then I would hear stuff from oh other people gosh. and I was just like, I wish I would have paid attention. His dad loved me.
0: Yeah.
1: And i I believe he really did. Yeah. Um, I even saw him after the divorce and he hugged me and was like, it's so good seeing you <sighs> and stuff. So I think he had, he was like, he's a good man.
0: Yeah. So being no boundaries with your parents is a mm-hmm. red flag. Are there any other ones that you can think of? I know there's some, but
1: let me... Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, specifically in the moments. He wasn't ever abusive. Well... Like, physically or emotionally
0: are you referring to?
1: Um, I think he... Uh, his abandonment of emotions...
0: Like, he, he... was just really disconnected.
1: Yeah. In every form.
0: Mm.
1: I, and I wasn't emotionally healthy, so I I didn't really recognize that. But he was very disconnected from himself, which is a big red flag. Yeah. Especially now that I've, like, connected and, like, I'm understanding yeah. emotions more. That's a huge red flag. Dang. Not that I think that's, like, a make or break, but I do think that's a big red flag. Yeah. I think if you're... um morphing into each other and you're becoming unhealthily you're like negative not not you're good you're like negative stuff is morphing together Ooh. yikes yikes so how would you know and be aware of that I think people around you know Mm. I can tell you that my mom told me Jacqueline you're not laughing like you used to Mm. and not like a – not in a bad way, but just like even the like way Like telling that,
0: the difference. Yeah, yes. I wasn't
1: happy anymore. Yeah. I, like I would laugh. <laughs> it wasn't that I wasn't laughing. Yeah. But it wasn't my laugh that was like truly – like from true happiness yeah. kind
0: of thing. That's interesting because I think back to like my toxic relationship and like my mom said the same thing. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I just think
1: like if your family – a big red flag if your family is like this isn't right or i mean i pray to god your family is going to tell you yeah but um if if there is even concern from your family or people close to you Mm. don't just look for someone to agree with you yeah get someone who isn't and ask them questions like what are you seeing why are you yeah why are you saying that this isn't a good thing or a healthy thing right because
0: they're not just gonna like make something up and Mm -hmm. just be like no i don't think it's good but they'll have like reasons and examples and Mm -hmm. i don't know just like getting really honest with yourself too even asking the lord to like open your eyes for like truth Mm -hmm. like to not just like see things as like yeah i they say like rose color glasses or whatever but to like be really honest with yourself like okay what does the future look like and well, the, seeing the red flags
1: I think true too when you're in love or you think you're in love mm-hmm. healthy or unhealthy you kind of don't see the bad negative things you yeah. might
0: see a little bit it's true it takes time mm-hmm. and like I mean you like you all moved quick I think it's different to like being friends and then like being in a relationship but like still
1: I, I mean we know. were friends and it then takes... we were in
0: a relationship but it's so different being in a relationship than being friends too Mm -hmm. though so like it takes time while you're in a relationship to like see the things and like i don't know the honeymoon phase to be over with Mm -hmm. so i don't know i just think that you can get caught up in uh,
1: you see negative type things but you don't understand completely the negatives Mm -hmm. And so outside sources are gonna be more reliable than yourself and what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Yeah. Especially because you're like in it. Yeah. You you're not like seeing it from the outside. Mm -hmm. And so to get other opinion. And marriage is a commitment. Like it's a covenant. Yeah. You're making a commitment. Yeah. Not just with this person, but with the Lord. And so taking that seriously. Yeah. And
0: Do you feel like you took it seriously then? I don't think I had the
1: understanding or the revelation of what covenant really was. Mm-hmm. I think I had this idea of what marriage was, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand uh, the covenant relationship with the Lord um, and this person um, and just even the the depth of that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: even creating like soul ties. There's good soul ties and there's bad. Yeah. When you have sex with a person, you're creating a soul tie.
0: Yeah. There's even like the emotional soul ties mm-hmm. like you don't. Have, to have sex to have yeah. a soul tie which, yeah 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 when so someone impressive. said that the other day i was kind of like pondering on that and just going wow yeah that's so true like i haven't actually like thought that yeah. but it's true yeah
1: so but. just realizing what your marriage isn't just a this rainbow lollipop mm-hmm. land it's hard and are you going to be committed at the end of the day to the person yeah. i think that there are certain circumstances cheating abuse that god set like God says it's okay to get divorced. Um, Now, do I think, oh, I'm not in love with this person, quote unquote, anymore? So I think it's okay to get divorced. No, that's a choice you made. Right. You choose to love a person. You choose choose to fall out of love with a person, and you're willing to break covenant with God and with a person because you fell out of love. So, like, whatever. No, I don't agree with that.
0: Yeah. Same. Yeah, I think. That's like a big thing for me is that like love is a choice like it's not always like feeling good or mm-hmm. yeah like sometimes it's easy to love but sometimes it's also really hard and you have to choose to love and like to do the hard things or whatever it may be but like mm-hmm. it's worth it and yeah because we're human and we like we
1: hurt each other that's yeah. inevitable kind of thing but yeah. even just choosing to love despite the way that they've hurt you kind yeah.
0: of thing. Yeah. Do you feel like so your mom was a single mom? Do you feel like there was any like negative con like condemnation or whatever from like the church or anything about like growing up in a single like parent home?
1: Not necessarily. I think I think it was always really hard, and I don't really know the depth of Being raised by a single mom and how that like outwardly affected, yeah. I think for me, as a person that went through divorce, I had switched churches. Not really, not like negating or saying anything bad about my other church. It was just such a small church, Mm. and I took shame on, Mm. and I didn't. I just kind of wanted to be someone that was that could just like slide in and slide out Mm. because of all the pain and stuff that I was going through. (laughs) Yeah. And so I just kind of like left Mm -hmm. the church that I was going to that was really small. And I went to a really big church. I think it was so good because of the teaching and things Mm -hmm. and on some, in some level, but on the other hand, I'm kind of like, man, I wish that I would have just kind of figured it out a little bit more and had more of like a community and stuff. And I believe that that church would have come around me and mm-hmm. did come around me even though I left to some degree. But yeah, I just, it, I don't know. There was a different dynamic. I think I chose to walk in shame mm-hmm. because the devil just literally had me so bound in shame and like literally no one's going to ever want you. Yeah. Um, I think I, well, I know. I even went through a period of time after my divorce where I was like, I'm going to prove to my ex-husband that I'm worth it, that mm-hmm. someone will love me. And I think that that didn't wasn't really helpful to, <laughs> in that time, but I was yeah. just, again, I was just grasping and searching. Like, mm-hmm. I want love and I want acceptance and I want someone to know that I'm worthy and that, like, I'm going to prove it to them. Yeah. It's that works mentality. Yeah.
0: That's good that the church came around you in mm-hmm. that time, though. Like, that's awesome. I
1: think it's easy to say oh, the church didn't come around me, but it also is more of how you act and it, like how committed are you it's hard when you're hurt and in pain to like take a step out and say hey I need help it's mm-hmm. so hard to do that but my even Tracee's community I'll I will never forget there was this girl I had like a whole community of we did crafts together once a month and um after my have, like everything started happening with my ex-husband they came together and I'm, I'm not even a gift person, but it was just more of, you I don't know. Seen. Yeah. And um, like somebody cared kind of mm-hmm. thing. And they all got me this little gift basket and they got mm-hmm. me sunflowers, my favorite flower. And I walked in and I was just like, what? Thank you. Like, <laughs> what are you, what? I was so surprised, yeah. but they like did it outside. And even just having that community, Mm. I was still taking steps of faith and like going because I even felt shame towards them. Yeah, They weren't doing that to me, but I just took that on. Right. And so they even saw and like valued me and Mm -hmm. loved me and made me feel seen. And I I just won't ever forget it. It pops up in my memory sometimes and I'm like, oh, they're such a good group and I still stay in contact
0: with them. That's so sweet. So your mom went through two divorces when you were like growing up as a kid you didn't really process through those emotions and stuff so you've gone through like an emotion emotional healing how did you process through that how did you walk through those emotions of like the trauma of your childhood and just all the things that's happened I think I've done a lot of like
1: emotional healing from my childhood but I think also it's just kind of moment by moment Mm. if I could just sit down and And, like, five hours be done Mm. with all of my emotional trauma from a childhood. I would be...
0: It would be so nice to have, like, a quick fix and just...
1: Yep. Just, like, not even band-aid it. Like, get down to the root, get it out, and be done. Yep. That would be glorious. I think sometimes I'm still dealing with it, honestly. Mm. But I think... I don't really... I think my more it's been on a broader perspective of rejection and abandonment Mm. my that first man that raised me he was supposed to adopt me Mm. and he didn't and so even just like rejecting me and abandon me i'm out then my biological father coming into my life and rejection and abandonment again and then even with the man who adopted me later on i think that was even some form of rejection Mm -hmm. and abandonment. I always had to pursue the relationship with him. And then I just kind of got to a point where I was like, I don't even care anymore. Like, what's the point? Yeah. He's not even actively pursuing me either. I'm tired of just being the only one. Yeah. I think I just had to get down to more of the root of rejection and abandonment. I think for a child whose parents, I don't know, get divorced when they're younger, um, there's a lot of trauma even in just learning two separate homes mm-hmm. and different things. I can't say that I have a, well, a, like,
0: thing for that. Well, too, like, if you don't process through that, it affects not just, like, your future relationship, like, romantically, but it affects, like, your friendships. It affects, mm-hmm. like, your relationship and how you interact with everybody. Yeah around you because I think it's like...
1: also like a generational curse thing mm. and it's something that i've really prayed through too okay
0: that's true um,
1: too it's a generational curse i mean my grandmother was divorced uh, my mom my dad uh, my biological father mm. i think it's just i mean the, the truth is at the end of the day the enemy is so after a relationship and family yeah because that's what can be a kingdom mm world-changing thing yeah and so at the end of the day the enemy is after that and if he can break off relationship i mean he won mm-hmm. and getting down to like the root and the core of okay i'm not gonna let this affect my family forever i'm i'm gonna choose to like this generational curse ends with me right now mm-hmm. and um we're gonna break it off and um praying lots of prayer lots of prayer and counseling yep counseling i would all i will always advocate for counseling i think um you need an outside source to like Mm -hmm. help you process through things
0: yeah totally when you get divorced or if you get divorced or if you're from a family of divorce like god doesn't just like wash his hands of your family and just Mm -hmm. be like deuces like you've made a mistake and i'm done but there is redemption and like even for you in your life, like there is redemption and God's going to redeem what was stolen from you. And I think he already has. I think
1: even just, I'm in missions. Like I still find that funny because it's crazy to me. But I think I, at this point with the healing that's happened, um, I wouldn't take back what I've been through because Mm -hmm. it's made me who I am. And also there's like two sides to every story and there's um even in divorce I think I said earlier too that I don't agree with divorce if you weren't cheated on or abused. but I think there's two people in a relationship Mm -hmm. and you can't it's not I don't know that God's gonna make you sit around for 50 years and hope and pray that this man's gonna come back to you or this woman's gonna come back to you Mm -hmm. I think God has grace and mercy over that and at the end of the day they're gonna have to answer to the lord mm-hmm. and so i think yeah that there's a covering over family still yeah even if you haven't done the right thing or you cheated if you're the cheater and i think god has great like if you come yeah. to a true heart of repentance god has grace and mercy on you
0: yeah that's good that is true it's hard yeah Let's good bless you
1: <laughs> i mean i like I even dealt with it a a couple months ago where I was like I think that I convinced myself that I forgave my Mm ex-husband and the person that he cheated on me with and they have like a baby now together and they're married and I've convinced people and myself that I've forgiven them Mm -hmm. and I had to come to this place of letting go of my pride and I even wrote them a letter um just like releasing them mm-hmm. from this resentment and anger that i've had towards them and even jealousy that they have what i want um i not not in like total total yeah, totality about, they have like a kid and like yeah they have a family whatever um uh, but i also had to bless them mm-hmm. the bible talks about like blessing those who curse you yeah just think about jesus like how many times did jesus do that Ugh. and what an example and it's not easy like yeah. I'm not saying it's easy at all yeah. but just like coming to this realization of man God loves him and God would you show me your heart for this person yeah because the truth is my ex-husband's a broken man
0: yeah
1: and I don't I pray that he and his family come to really truly know the Lord and even just receive healing mm
0: I'm just thinking if there's somebody listening to this and they are in an abusive relationship or if they're with somebody that's cheating on them, like get help, go Mm -hmm. talk to somebody. Um, You don't have to stay where you're at. And like, yeah, there's there's resources I'll put down below, but talk to somebody like you're not alone. And um, yeah like i i would hate for somebody to feel like they need to stay in a relationship as they're listening to this when they're in that situation um either way i think being in counseling and being like talking to somebody is healthy even if like your relationship's good like i think it's healthy to like mm-hmm. be in counseling and to constantly be um growing with your spouse but yeah. especially if like it's one sided like Seek the Lord, but also talk to somebody and get help. And
1: I think that's something too. Of um, don't see counseling as a as a make it or break it kind of thing. See it as maintenance and yeah. taking care and nurturing your relationship. Yeah. I think that's so important um, because you don't have to get to the point of those things. Um, and just having a mediator there, and even someone outside that can like ask you questions and get mm-hmm. you talking to each other is so healthy and so, it's like so healthy. Um, and even when I get married with the person God has for me, um, and I don't believe that that's necessarily one person because everybody has free will, Amen. let's just clarify that. Amen. Um, <laughs> I believe that that's what I'll do. I'll even, we'll be in counseling to yeah. some capacity or yeah. another.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that's healthy. I asked on Instagram questions. I asked, what are things you wish the church slash Christians would discuss regarding divorce? Okay, so this is one of them. How one strike is enough instead of giving someone so many chances till you've had it. So like, I'm, I'm getting from that. Like if one strike of like, if they've cheated once, that's enough, I'm out. Or if they've been physically abusive, like that's enough, I'm out. I don't know, like, dating relationship, I feel like if you've cheated, sorry, I'm out, like, that's You're, like, that's waving enough. a red flag. Yeah, like, that's enough for me, but marriage, like, I don't know, it just depends on, like, one strike, I feel like, I believe in second chances, and then that second chance you blow it, then it's like, okay, we're not going to be doing this Well, I yet. think
1: it depends on... How you're taking care of the situation.
0: True, true. If the person's hiding it and like deny or whatever, like, it. Like I feel like, ugh, it's not a one size fits all. I feel like. Yeah. I think too.
1: Are you willing to get help, Mm -hmm. and try getting help? Yeah. I don't necessarily agree that one shot's enough, because, I mean, I made mistakes. You think I was perfect in my marriage? Right. Absolutely not. I did. I cheat. No. (laughs) Um. I didn't. But. I wasn't the perfect wife yeah and no one will ever be the perfect spouse I'm not saying I was never abusive maybe he perceived it it's all about perception too I think to some degree I mean cheating and like abuse is abuse and it's not I'm not minimizing that at all yeah but I think
0: I don't know abuse if you think someone is physically abusive should that other person be out like first time that's hard
1: I mean I think they have I feel like
0: it's like immediately like I just think if get they're not help.
1: willing to get help yes then I would say yeah we're probably not like that's probably not a good yeah. thing yeah because they'll probably like they're more likely right. to do it again but if you're willing to get help then you and you're processing through stuff
0: yeah that there's not shame if it was for biblical reasons and supporting the people who were left I think we choose to take on shame it's easy
1: but that's where the enemy like just kind of I don't know pelts you (laughs) literally it feels like that sometimes and you're just so stuck in shame but I don't know God calls us out there's a scripture in Isaiah 61 and that I love that scripture but talks about God giving um, taking away your shame and giving you a double portion Mm -hmm. of honor and everlasting joy and Um, there's even a scripture in Romans that I don't know. God works together all things for your Mm -hmm. your good. That literally I was just like going, I would just kept meditating on those scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, and they weren't always easy to believe, but I think God just like renewing your mind even. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not ashamed. Like don't be shamed.
0: Well too, like it is rewiring of your brain of like, years and years of believing this lie Mm -hmm. like especially if it's from like childhood trauma yeah it's just like renewing your mind and like rewiring and believing something that you haven't believed for years yeah
1: shame is like saying that you're the thing that's wrong but you're not the thing that's wrong Mm
0: -hmm. what was the other part of that
1: guilt says you've done something wrong and shame says you are the thing that's wrong
0: there you go i was waiting for it (laughs) I wasn't going to say the whole thing, but (laughs) since you made me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, I don't know. And, like, from a perspective of, like, I was 17 when my parents got divorced. I was about to be 18 or, like, something like that. And a big thing for me was taking on responsibility that wasn't mine. And so, yeah. Parents, if you're going through a divorce, don't put things on your kids. That's not their responsibility. But also as a kid, you have every right to put boundaries and you, yeah, it's not your responsibility. Like your parents are not your responsibility. Um, Your siblings are not your responsibility. You can love them, but there are like boundaries to protect yourself. And you have like, you're, you're just as important to process through your emotions too. You are part of like that divorce in some way and you have things that you need to process and don't suppress it and just like walk through it and get help, healing, talk to somebody. I know for me, like, I felt like I didn't have anybody. I felt a lot of rejection and I was really good at suppressing things too. So I would just encourage you to like talk to somebody and yeah, you're not alone. That was just like a little blurb of like my perspective yeah, of being like an older person that got, that had that situation. But I did want to, like, touch on a few things on your infertility, if you don't mind. With your infertility, I don't even know, like, what questions to ask, honestly. Because, like, I can't relate to that in any way, shape, or form. Like, mm. I struggle with other things in that way. But, like, what do you think the hardest thing in that season was? Other than the not feeling like you're enough. Like,
1: I don't just, like, desiring and wanting to nurture and care for.
0: You feel like your purpose was attached to that too? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think my worth and my my whole purpose, identity, everything was just like, if I can just, my marriage is not the greatest, so Mm -hmm. if I can just have a baby.
0: So it went from like being a wife, that'll be my purpose, like identity, everything, and then that didn't really work out that much. And so then it was like that next mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, and I don't think
1: that everyone who deals with infertility that that's their their issue or like what they're yeah. wanting. I think women were created to like nurture. That's like
0: you think all women were created to nurture. I think to in some capacity.
1: I think it looks different in different people, mm-hmm. but to some degree, yes. I'm not saying that you have to nurture a child. Yeah, yeah, I'm just no, saying yeah. In some capacity, I think all women are created to nurture in some form what that looks like I don't really know but I think I just really longed for a child and I've always growing literally until I was too old for babies baby dolls I took a baby doll everywhere I went
0: see when I was a little girl (laughs) literally
1: everywhere I went dang and stroller and all like I was mommy we gonna be mommy today and so just like I always, that, I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer mm. or a missionary or whatever. I wanted to be a wife and a mom. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's even interesting how God's, I believe that I will be a wife and a mom. But mm. also, I think it's cool that God's calling me to street kids. Yeah. Because
0: that's a spiritual mom, at least. Oh, yeah. lots, of lots of kids. lots of so. kids. Lots of kids. So do you feel like you, so like, You've had, you've had miscarriages, like, mm-hmm. it's not just, like, not being able to have, like, children, but, like, you've had miscarriages, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, very difficult, and how do you feel like you've walked through the healing of that, because I know, like, every time the birthday comes around, like, that's not easy, so how do you feel like you've walked in healing in that, and how, yeah, I guess that's I
1: think it's it. been weird, because for a while, I I always struggled around the birthdays, even when I was married. Um, but I just kind of um, mostly avoided it. Like, I was sad and depressed and whatever. But, not whatever, like nonchalant. But I was just sad and depressed. But I think I, I didn't really walk through healing until after I was divorced. Which then felt really weird. Because I was thinking, I'm grieving this these people mm-hmm but i'm not even in the same circumstances as i was before mm. i think i wish i knew how to be in grief because it is grief It is, and it's a deep deep grief like you wonder who these people would have been would they mm. have been boy would they have been girl like what would they' could have been? have been yeah um i even would see kids that would be their age mm. and i would be like i could have a child like that like I, that could be mm not that that person could be my child but I could have a child at that age when I we did or when I did my DTS there was a a boy and I was I didn't really think about it until the birthday came around Mm. and it smacked me oh yeah um it smacked me upside the head one day and I think that's when I was like man I never truly grieved the losses and I even don't even feel like I really did until last year wow. and when I, I was getting receiving some help help from somebody who had miscarried and even had a stillborn wow. and she just told me you need to write a letter and to the child um, to God nah. about the whole situation like invite him in kind of like the I'm gonna write a letter to God and then God will write one back mm. idea and I did and I should go back and read that but I even named them I don't know that I want to share that no. um but I did name them and I think that that even brought more connection and mm-hmm. healing
0: dang that's good
1: I don't think it's easy but I think I would say get counseling again and
0: talk about just it. grieve
1: like it's okay to grieve mm. you're a mom like I'm a mom
0: but also like the thing you say where if you like suppress and you don't like feel the pain then you like it's how it does prolongs it? It. it prolongs oh, it wow. and so that,
1: like, I don't remember the exact wording but basically it takes a certain amount of time to process through pain in the moment of the pain is happening mm-hmm. but if you wait it turns those few minutes into years. Yeah. And so it, it's an onion. It's peeling back an onion. You're having to walk through all this painful stuff mm-hmm. and you're having to even go back into the painful thing. Mm-hmm. But if you would have just like been okay. We're so not okay with being in pain.
0: Yeah, I mean like we want to get rid of pain. We want to be okay. Like, But I think just like sitting in it, like grieving and like feeling the emotions as much as it sucks and it's hard and like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's better to deal with it though in that moment, and I'm even learning this still now. It's Cheers. better to sit in the moment of the pain and just like really process it, mm-hmm. um, than it is to shove it down and then have it explode later, um,
0: or come back later. And again, like if you're in this process or like if you're being hard on yourself, don't like. Mm-hmm i've been someone that's like a suppressor <laughs> and so Same. it's literally a rewiring of your brain yeah. and having people around you that know the like what you're walking through and the healing you're walking through um keeping and you accountable keeping you accountable and and just being there for you to support you and encourage you and yeah. yeah whenever i asked that about like the birthdays and stuff i was like oh like the divorce like when the divorce comes around and all those emotions come back how does that, like, how do you walk through that? Like, because I, even in the healing that you're in now, like, you've grown so much and, like, walked through so much healing. But even whenever that time comes around where, like, the divorce date or when he asked you or, like, those memories come up on your Facebook, it brings some of the things back. Like, how do you Well, <laughs> find freedom?
1: Okay, <laughs> let me just say that I'm a big dates person. I'm very big on dates. Like... Dates, dates time timestamps to me, they're memory stamps. They're whatever you want to call them. Dates, dates and numbers are big, big for me. Um, and so I think I've gotten better. The birthdays for the like babies and the miscarriages and stuff is really hard still sometimes. And sometimes I don't even realize that it's that time until mm-hmm. I'm like emotionally freaking out kind of, and then I and I figure out the date and I'm like oh that's why this is happening um the divorce I think it doesn't affect me as much I think I've gotten to a place where when i realize that it's starting to affect me like next month is like the kind of yeah. date whatever I think I just start asking God no I start asking God to tell me truth Mm. Um, Because I can get into the cycle of, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm never going to be married, blah, blah, blah. But I just ask God, like, can you give me truth right now? Because I can't, I don't want to get into that cycle Mm. again. Um, But the birthdays are really hard
0: still. So just, you would say, being aware Mm -hmm. and um, even like preparing yourself with the Lord of being like, yeah being aware oh, you do of, bring
1: me a deeper healing this yeah year.
0: and maybe like you're i don't want to say like trigger or like maybe it it's not as hard for you for dates maybe it's something else a place or whatever you have to go just like being aware of like whatever it is mm-hmm. and like being sensitive to the word and and the memories
1: like on facebook or social media or whatever i honestly have just deleted them as i've seen them mm-hmm. so they don't really pop up anymore it's not like a a hate thing or like a whatever, it's just like I just why? why have it there kind yeah. of thing, and I just delete them. Yeah, I don't really care for that to pop up
0: every year. Yeah, I think that's wisdom. Yeah, um,
1: mm-hmm. but also it helps because I'm not physically in the same place mm-hmm. when I go home. I think I struggle a little bit more because I literally have to pass his mother's house, or um, I go. I stay with my grandparents and it's in the same town and my mm-hmm. sister bought my house from me. <laughs> so it's like, that's not as bad anymore because she's redone it. But um, I think just being where places are yeah. is a little harder, um, especially because I'm still single and I want that. And I just have to literally be like, okay, God, I, I need you. Holy Spirit help. Yeah. I like got church yesterday. Um, I need you to help me and i don't want to avoid this like i really want to be able to deal with it
0: yeah i think also to like encourage you like the lord wants your heart he cares so much about your heart and Mm -hmm. so through hard times through the struggle through pain through hurt he wants to draw you closer to him and so just like leaning into him Mm -hmm. leaning into his truth leaning into his word Uh, let the pain and the struggle and the hard times draw him close to you don't pull away don't don't turn to things that will create more pain Mm -hmm. but turn to him like he is so faithful and yes there's still pain like it doesn't mean that like it's a quick fix and like all the pain goes away like God's good like he wants to see that he wants to see the pain and the hurt and be vulnerable with he wants you to be vulnerable with him and he wants to take care of you and so just to encourage you in that, like, yeah, let let your dependency on the Lord draw, like, grow. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I think, too, like, um, even in the midst of pain and just hurt, um, when we focus on the Lord and we look look on His face, I don't know, to be cheesy or whatever, mm-hmm. God just gives us peace and He can even give us joy because He's who we're focusing on. that was another thing I was going to say, too, was I think just in any relationship, God should be the person you're looking to Mm -hmm. before you're even spouse. Like it should be God and then your spouse Mm -hmm. and then your kids even. And just even focusing on who God is and that not that it's not going to hurt, but just who is God Um, and truly God, like who's his what's his character, what's his nature and things like that. Yeah, I think is really important to keep your focus on those things and he's he's
0: good he is even in the midst of the hurt and the pain yeah. you were married you were able to have sex in like a godly context and then you're single and you're not able to we gonna get sex. real
1: raw and real
0: <laughs> classic <laughs> podcast um not so that I haven't already been. yeah, yeah. so uh, do you feel like have you struggled with masturbation
1: yes uh after my divorce i had mentioned that i was seeing guys and i even contemplating having sex with the guys Mm -hmm. um because i'd already had sex i was already dirty like whatever getting divorced i'm disgusting kind of mentality until god redeemed those things but i didn't struggle with masturbation until a little bit later because Mm -hmm. i I wasn't doing anything with those guys but um, I don't know I just got curious I guess Mm -hmm. Um, and so so you
0: didn't masturbate at all previously no okay
1: no Um, I never really had any longing to really um, or really understanding of it at all yeah Um, and so when I after my marriage and did and I was just I had feelings I had things especially my m- trigger mostly is when I'm lonely mm. so lonely I'm like man because okay I'm physical touch mm. and like her love language yeah my love like, language yeah yeah it's physical touch and I don't know I'm the girl that loves to be held and I'm not getting that yeah. and whatever and so sex to me was never about um I don't know feeling it was more about the connection and the emotion and the feel like the touch
0: yeah
1: um which is a lot but anyway so once that was like kind of stripped away yeah what do you do and so i still had feelings and i got curious and there wasn't really like i did a research and stuff trying to be careful because i didn't want to get into porn i never was into porn mm-hmm. um but I just started masturbating and like fulfilling that need, but I would mm-hmm. do it and it would feel good in the moment. But then as soon as it was over, i felt disgusting mm-hmm. and like, why do I feel this way if, um, and somebody explained it to me in the sense of sex is created for intimacy with another person. Mm-hmm. And so when you are masturbating, it's selfishness one, mm-hmm. but also you're, thinking of it as the mentality of like you're splitting yourself in two like soul and then physical and you're creating a bond Mm. with yourself and wow that's pride (laughs) and so just that revelation and i to be honest sometimes can still struggle with it Mm -hmm. because i still get lonely because yeah yeah, girl is a single pringle but i think i've learned more to find my triggers and then to just ask God mm. um, to come into those moments. Yeah, I don't think I've really ever told anyone else. Mm. Well, you're- <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling people right now. Accountability! <laughs> yeah, I didn't cut all of that out. Um, I think you're the only person, but I haven't really struggled with it. Even mm. though I've felt lonely lately, I haven't really struggled with it so much. Mm. I think Chad's podcast kind of did it for me bless it lord <laughs> so if you haven't watched Chad's
0: Did Jesus Masturbate? Yeah. You should check it out. If you
1: struggle with masturbation or if you don't.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for being on this episode. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing like your heart and your struggles and yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I do want to let you know that there are resources linked down below. If you or if you know somebody that is in a toxic relationship or abusive, yeah, feel free to reach out to me. I also have my Instagram and my phone number linked down below if you have some feedback or want to reach out to me about any topics that you want me to touch on. Yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you next month with a new episode.